Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining NYU Grads Daily Podcast. Today is Thursday, July 27th. I'm recording this around 9 p.m. New York time. Uh, what a day. Uh, so let's jump right into it. I don't think I'm going to be able to cover everything under 15 minutes, but I'm going to shoot for under 20. There's just so much to cover uh, after the uh, federal rate hikes on uh, Wednesday. But jumping right in, um, what stood out? Um, before I cover breath, I, I want to cover this. So around 9.50 a.m. New York, the 10-year Treasury was up. Just by that, you just know that the U.S. dollar is also up. Usually Treasury yields or just interest rates in general are in parallel synced with the U.S. dollar. Um, however, the indices were green and stocks in general were swimming upstream as usual. Um, but right after, I would say, 9.55-ish, that's when the sell-off really started to be begin. Um, and then around 12.45, right around lunchtime, the selling started to accelerate. So I watch a few things pretty much all day, including like stocks like Apple on my screen, but I also have the NYSE up-down uh, advanced declining shares as well as the NYSC up down volume. This gives me a pretty good read on intraday breadth and it's very hard for institutions to hide when you look at this. Um, and what I use this signal for is more of as like a barometer, right? So if I don't know if you guys are weather geeks, but you know if you're hiking and you see on your you know Apple Watch the barometric barometric pressure drops all of a sudden, regardless of what the conditions are, if it's sunny, if it's you know windy, but like just a little cloudy, it doesn't look like it's gonna rain. But if you see that barometric pressure dip really fast, most likely it's gonna rain. So this is kind of how I use it. Um, obviously, I look at long-term breadth as well, but during that day, um, you know, a, a lot of the indices and mega caps were up, but breadth was struggling. And sure enough, in the afternoon, the sell-off really started to um, accelerate, and this basically was a classic rug pull after the Fed, uh, Federal Reserve spoke and raised rates yesterday. Um, you know, going into the close, it, no one was really sure what the implication would be because, you know, the market's closed and meta reports. Um, but today, um, in, a, in a micro sense, in, in a weekly time frame or in a daily time frame, it was bearish. But when you take a look at the year to date, it was just a blip, right? When you take a look at the day, it's not even a big deal, to be quite honest with you. Um, the Dow was down 0.67%. The NASDAQ was down 0.5%. S&P 500 was down 0.6%. And the Russell was down 1.29%. When I say it like that, hey, this could be a healthy, small pullback. A pause that refreshes so that we can go to lifetime highs. So um, you never know, right? Next week we could have a very bullish week and we could just zoom right back up. 
Um, but when you look at today, it was a very bearish day. When I go look at the breadth numbers, we had 731 new highs. That all happened before noon, before lunchtime. Uh, we had 149 new lows. However, when you take a look at advanced declines, you had only 20% advancing and over 76% declining. So under the, um, the stocks that influence the Dow 30, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, underneath the surface of those big mega caps, there was a heavy, heavy sell-off today. Uh, but looking at uh, some of the big ones, Microsoft down 2%. Apple was pretty much flat, 0.66. Uh, but again, watch Apple. I still believe Apple is being distributed very sneakily behind everyone's back because if look, Apple is owned by over 500 uh, mutual funds slash ETFs. Uh, it still is a huge component of the S&P 500 and NASDAQ 100. Uh, everyone owns Apple, okay? And if you, let's say, had, I don't know, $20 billion worth of Apple shares that you had to unload, how do you do that? You can't just go to the market and sell. You have to have a long-term strategy to get out of Apple, and it's not easy. Everyone is in it. Um, and I think that there's some heavy holders of Apple slowly selling this off. But that's just my um, intuition from looking at the uh, chart, from looking at the, um, the negative divergence on MACD and stochastics and RSI. But it's not 100% given, right? These are signals, um, but it's just a hunch that I have. Um, let's see. Uh, Google was pretty much flat, 0.16. NVIDIA up about 1%. Uh, Amazon flat, 0.08%. Tesla was a little weak, down 3.27%. It's getting a little weak here. There's a few uh, Fibonacci levels where if it does not hold, uh, we can see some acceleration. But there's not much green on the mega caps and techs other than like Meta. Uh, there's a few healthcare companies that I'll mention later. Uh, like an AbV, but Meta, as much as I hate Facebook a as a consumer and ads following me everywhere, they reported strong and they're doing well. Um, you can't deny that. And um, let's see, what else was up? In semiconductor land, M -A um, AMAT was up 5.12%. McDonald's was up 1.8%. But outside of this, uh, everything was pretty much red. When I go and look at the sectors analysis, everything was red. Uh, communication services uh, was a little green, but real estate down 2.1%. Utilities down 1.8%. Basic materials down 1.4%. Everything was red today. But who knows? Tomorrow we can open up green, right? Like someone can say something like a Fed head and off to the races. Um, the futures are uh, muted. It's, uh, the, the Dow 30 is up 24 points. S&P 500 futures is up uh, 6 points. And NASDAQ 100 is up 38 as of 9-11 New York time. Um, let's take a look at some of my notes here. So I covered breadth 
And throughout the day, I was tweeting about Apple. Um, when you take a look at like maybe the last week or so, Apple has been carving out a balance area between 192 and 195-ish. And it was kind of just going back and forth. And uh, the last few days, it broke above it um, with some of the bullishness that we had the other day. Um, but today, it was coming back into that balance area. And I had uh, tweeted, hey, if Apple breaks below 195, there's a good chance we'll go back to the middle of the range, which is typically the high volume node. For simple speak, it's the most amount of volume of shares exchanged in that range. And it just becomes a magnet, right? Because that's where the most traders have agreed on a price. So that's where it went. And then throughout the afternoon session, it went even further to the bottom of this range, closer to 192. It held there. Um, typically what happens at uh, the balance uh, area extremes is where you'll have um, potential initiative moves. Uh, so if the price action tomorrow breaks below this, it's either going to fake out breaking down below and just zoom right back into the trading range, or it's going to trade initiatively out down from that range looking for a new area where traders agree, hey, I'll you know sell you my shares of Apple for like, you know, I'm just making this up. 185 and then buyers will say no 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 that's still too expensive all right fine 182 and then it'll carve out a new balance area where traders all agree so watch out for the that area uh tomorrow like 192 um what else can i cover oh, all right so i'm going to cover abv very similarly if you pull up an abv chart the ticker is a uh a b b v Apple boy boy victory. When you take a look at this chart on the daily time frame, starting back in June, it start it started to bottom at 132 and then it bounced to 138ish. Then it slowly started to dive to 130, formed a quick V bottom, then bounced all the way back up to 137. Then it slowly started to creep down to 132, and then it went back up to 138. Okay, I, I hope you're still following me. But eventually, it broke out of this range. It back tested to 140, and then it gapped up higher uh, recently on earnings. So they raised guidance, and this company pays a, a pretty good dividend. Um, very strong company. If you watch television, like you know, that still has ads, like not Netflix, you're gonna see AbbVie uh, drugs on television all the time. Uh, their main uh, drug that they advertise quite a bit is called Humera, and it services many indications or ailments. But not a lot of people know this, but AbbVie owns Botox. Now. I have nothing against Botox, right? It's a huge business. And if you have Botox, that's great, you know? But the reason why I'm bringing this up is Botox is not covered by healthcare insurance. So 
all of their Botox business through their doctors that administer Botox. And Botox is not just like, you know, fillers, but Botox has a lot of other options, a lot of uses, uh, even for like migraines, um, skin uh, as well. And uh, it's all cash, right? It's like, uh, it's, it's an all cash business. So not many people know AbbVie owns that as well. Very strong action here. Um, you know, if this bullish run in AbbVie continues, there is a gap that it can close at 160 from here. Uh, and it could go as far as like 165 to retest um, that level. But keep an eye on AbbVie. I am not your financial advisor. I'm just show, show, sharing what I'm seeing in the charts. Very strong action in Abby. Um, you know, I mentioned Meta earlier. It finished up 4% again. Uh, I'm going to watch this, right? Like, very, very impressive for Meta to be swimming upstream uh, when everything is getting sold off. So kudos to Zuckerberg and whatever they're doing. Uh, they, are, uh, they are tracking us. Uh, to infinitum for all these ads. Uh, aftermarket, Roku is up 8% after earnings. Now keep in mind, you know, I'm pulling up this chart. Roku has been slammed, right? Like post-COVID. Um, when I pull up their chart and like kind of zoom out for, you know, the whole picture, Yes, it's up now, right? It, 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 it was up 3.75% for the day, and then after hours is up another 8%. Uh, I actually made some money on the short side on Roku, um, and that was like around at 125 on the way down uh, to, what was it, like September-ish, uh, when it was like close to 50 and then I bailed on the position, um, but it kept going. Uh, so it's bouncing from 31. 29-ish is the low, but it's bouncing from like a $30 level. So now it's at 75, right? You could have doubled your money if you somehow caught that bottom. And yeah, you know, the, the moving averages are crossing bullishly. Uh, who knows? Maybe Roku can start this climb back up. You know, maybe it'll... Go back all the way back to its lifetime high of like uh, 400 and something dollars. Uh, do I think that's going to happen? No, but you never know uh, with all the Wall Street bet crowd and, and meme stocks. Who knows? But yes, Roku, put it on your radar. It is coming up the right side. It looks very bullish, but just know that this stock is coming from $450 plus uh, from 2021. Um, let's see what all stuck out. Uh, Crocs. Uh, I've, I've never owned a pair of Crocs. Uh, I'm more of a Birkenstock uh, wearer and consumer, but Crocs is down 14.5%. And this chart looks pretty ugly, uh, to be quite honest with you. It's a huge topping pattern. Uh, the 50-day moving, moving average is about to cross below the 200. And if this area breaks right here, which is already breaking, this can easily go to like 65, 
for right now it's at 102 dollars again do your own homework but this looks very very bearish um also kind of looking at um the buy now pay later companies like affirm holdings they're down 7.39 percent kava the i recently ipo'd greek um quick serve restaurant down 3.28 percent i already mentioned chipotle grill ebay pretty strong consumer company down 10.43 percent and it is hugging this uh trend line that dates back <laughs> till 1998 man holy i'm gonna post uh this on the show notes uh ebay looks like it's in deep trouble here uh it's at 43 bucks and 71 cents if this accelerates this can go down to like 20 bucks uh with nothing underneath um let's see i'm gonna just cover the home builders so i actually got an email um today what's the difference asking what's the difference between iyr and itb so iyr uh consists mostly of reits like commercial companies um you'll know like simon property group most of the malls you would uh go to is owned by simon property group they're in iyr uh Prologis uh, REIT, American Tower REIT Corp, Equinix REIT Corp, Crown Castle Inc., Public Storage REIT. Uh, that is what IYR is. Uh, and then when you look at XHB, those are the builders of homes, like the homes that you and I buy. But um, with that said, just going through this, you know, the home builders are still hanging tough. They're not down too much. Beezer Homes. There's one that uh, was an outlier, but Beezer Homes is only down 0.9. You have um, Dr. Horton down 1.2. Um, you have Lennar down uh, 1.1. But there is one company, uh, well, Palti Homes was down 0.7%. But TriPoint Homes, T as in Tom, P as in Paul, H as in Hotel, they are down 8 0.1% today. I have to see why. I haven't listened to like any of their earnings calls or anything like that. But it sliced through the 50-day MA today like butter. So there must be some news here. I'll, I'll, I'll dig a little bit and see if I can post what I find tomorrow. Uh, and then when I look at um, IYR, which is commercial, mostly commercial real estate, that's down 2.24%. But the XHB, which is the builders, hasn't really budged. It will close down 0.12%. But if you look at the chart of XHB, it looks like it's just uh, basically uh, fighting its way back to its all-time high, close to 85. Uh, we'll see if it can somehow boost through this level. Um, with that said, um, I don't have much else to cover today. Thank you again for t- tuning in to NYU Grad Substack as well as the podcast. I will see you on the next episode.